Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And welcome to episode 275 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Matt, how are you doing? I'm very good, David. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's It's been an interesting week, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure exactly how much news we'd had this week, because, you know, not like there's anything else going on in America at the moment. So, mm. uh, but uh, yeah, we've, we've got a reasonable amount of stories come out. So, uh, you know, we've got stuff to talk about. But before we get into that, what have you been doing this week? Two different things I've been doing recently. Um, I watched the double episode of uh, Travels with with my father the Jack Whitehall series is, yeah. this is the fourth season uh, they seem to get shorter those seasons yeah. but what they what they did this time because I think they had three episodes last time and they had two episodes this time but both of the episodes are an hour so if you take the okay. old 30 minute format that they had it's sort of like four episodes worth but it's still very yeah. very good nonetheless try and guess how long it took me to laugh for the first time for on this season uh, how many minutes uh, oh, was it something in like the first sort of 30 seconds or something the first minute yeah there's a joke that Jack does uh, I'm not going to spoil what it is because it'll be a nice sort of surprise uh, there's a joke he makes towards his dad his dad isn't very amused by it which is you know, always Standard. a good back and forth yeah. between the two of them that's also including the what three second splash thing of the netflix logo and that so uh <laughs> even 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 less than a minute but yeah got off laughing straight almost straight away was laughing just a whole bunch throughout the, the two episodes they've just got so much good chemistry between the two of them his dad who was called uh, michael whitehall yeah and uh, jack himself of course i do feel like if if you do look back at what his dad was like in the first season Jack has definitely got his dad to open up to more things because there's certain things again of what, what I won't sort of ruin in this new season there's certain things that he gets his dad to do in this fourth season that I don't think he necessarily would have gotten him to do in the first one right um, and I remember like when they did the, the Christmas episode and it was I think it was called Christmas with my father or if you search for Jack Whitehall on Netflix you'll probably find all of it plus he's done some comedy stand up yeah I definitely feel like he's changed his dad and I feel like his dad's changed him as well the mother is in this season a little bit more as well and she's not kind of she doesn't feel like she's sort of an awkward third wheel she actually fits quite well in with what's going on there's this particular part of one of the episodes with the speed dating and both of the parents are there as well and that was just <laughs> that was brilliant and uh yeah very much sort of because i think jack's what in his late 20s early 30s he's, I, he I, must only be slightly older than me i yeah, think i would um, say he's, he's early 30s maybe yeah 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 um and uh it sort of like got got his parents there with him on this on this date they're sort of 
hidden a little bit and they sort of speak to him in between the speed dating and that but uh that was brilliant but uh even jack whitehall by himself i really like and even uh michael by himself i really like as well but when they come together and they just bounce off each other it's just brilliant i hope that we continue to get some of these series because in there is a point in the i think in the second episode where he does point out that his dad is uh i think it's 79 his dad is whether he's 80 now or whatever so um yeah it'd be good if they could keep that going for, for as long as they could because they've just got some brilliant chemistry and the, the good thing is it doesn't always have to be one of the travels shows because i remember when they did the stage yeah thing, they the do Christ- a the christmas thing, episode they, yeah. uh, it doesn't have to always be something travel related you could just put the two of them on a stage have them talk about something maybe some q a and you'd probably still get the same sort of comedic results as well but i thought that was brilliant so that's the fourth season of that that's all on netflix yeah uh, if you just search for jack whitehall you should be able to find that jack is 32 by the way he's his father okay. is 80 years old so yeah i mean there is only so much longer they could probably do that for but uh, mm-hmm. i've seen a few episodes of that it's one of those shows that i keep on meaning to go back and watch all the way through because i do love jack whitehall and the relationship with his father is is hilariously funny it's one of those things that maybe over christmas i would this year i'll actually sit and binge my way through them so yeah that'll be a good time but um yeah i've i've liked almost everything that jack whitehall's done you've got um bad education which was great uh, i haven't seen a whole lot of a league of their own which you'd have thought I'd, I'd watch more of that but he's on yeah. on that sometimes as well that's been pretty good uh the expense season four i remember when we talked uh maybe two or three of my appearances ago when expanse got a date for season five yeah. i remember and the, and the trailer came out and i said i was about halfway through season three went and just sort of plowed my way through the series i still think it would be a lot better for of course that to be weekly which it's going to be mm-hmm. um when it when it comes back at least apart from the first three episodes but uh you can sort of tell the difference when you look at the production value of season four and then you look at seasons one to three which were made by sci-fi i'm not taking anything away from what they did in seasons one to three because they were still great but you can just see the production value has been upped significantly yeah in 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 the fourth season uh brilliant show really love the exploration and all the the sci-fi things that are going on uh to me it's more about the characters and everything i really really like amos he He's probably one of my favorites. You've got James in there as well. I can't remember exactly how I described him to you, but I remember I said that Amos is sort of like a similar to Daryl in certain ways yes. as well. He's he sort of like that what shows Daryl. But um, yeah, really liked where they went with the fourth season. Pretty much from episode one to episode 10, always had something interesting going on and uh, very much looking forward to that when it returns. Is it December something? Yeah, uh, 16th, 16th of 16th. December. It's back for its fifth season. I'm very much looking forward to that. I love the uh, the yeah. previous seasons. I am quite glad that that's going out weekly because it is so easy to binge your way through that and it will stop me from doing that. And uh, <laughs> some things they are still releasing as box sets, some things they are putting out weekly as sort of bigger event things. And, uh, you know, it's the same with the boys. I have a better memory of shows if they go out weekly rather than them dumping them all mm-hmm. as a box set. Like, it- I, I, it's kind of difficult for me now to remember exactly what happened in the last season. So I'll end up going back and watching a recap video beforehand um, mm-hmm. just because I binged through it in about two days. So, <laughs> um, yeah. so yeah, I, I really love that series. I'm very much mm-hmm. looking forward to it. I just back. think that weekly TV makes things more digestible 
people and makes you it makes you think about that episode not yeah. necessarily every day but more often for the week and then it just kind of you repeat that cycle every every week when you get a new episode same thing for mandalorian it makes a Mandal- i can't imagine the mandalorian being not worse but as easily digestible and stuff if, if it all came out at once so yeah. uh, some show some shows just sort of suit that a lot better yeah i think so i i hope that that model sort of continues i hope netflix does that eventually as well like does some weekly stuff as well uh speaking of netflix watch the show called working mums and no it's not like one of them real housewife rubbish shows uh, <laughs> it does much, sound like that yeah yeah do it, it, it does a bit and i remember when i did a little podcast on it a few was it last week i think that was last week as i was going through and describing the characters i was like this really sounds like one of them real housewife shows but it, it's not anything like any of that it's uh, a scripted drama on netflix i think it's on netflix in the us as well i'm not 100 percent sure just really really brilliant absolutely phenomenal i really like what they've done with the characters we've seen stories with different mother sort of characters be told in the past and this kind of avoids the cliches of those sorts of stories these aren't for women that are like they look after their child all day or they you know send their child to school and then wait for the husband to kind of come home and stuff or, or whatever this very much kind of delves into okay what do these women want to do with their careers and there's lots of different sort of choices that these characters have to make and things about actual parenthood and some of the mums don't want to be with their partners necessarily so they have those things to consider and it just all melds together really really well it's structured really well paced really well acted really well some really good heartfelt moments in the show there's some great comedy in the show as well uh, mainly from the the main character i think her name is called kate i'm on the uh at the back half of season two so i'm on about episode 10 of season two and there's i think there's 13 in each season apart from season four that's got eight i would recommend the show it's brilliant and as somebody who's you know a young 26 year old guy it does give me it gives me a good kind of perspective of i don't know just you know the other side the you know sort of female life and, and that sort of thing because it's I mean I could look at the show and say like you probably will connect with it better and you will connect with it more if you're either a female or a mother or you know wife or whatever the case may be because that obviously connects more to the characters but as somebody who doesn't have any of those things <laughs> um, it's still something that very much uh, I don't know it still connects with me in, in really good ways and everything like that and it's just it's just brilliant as well and it's 20 minutes it's quick I can't remember any particular episodes that have sort of wasted time or sort of felt like filler because one of the reasons it does that as well these characters are always doing something there's always something going on with the characters and even those situations with the characters none of it ever feels like oh we'll just give this character this thing to do for the sake of it it always feels important or at least you know valuable in in, in some sort of way so uh, I've, I've really really enjoyed that as well um it was recommended a long time ago on a collider tv talk when that was a thing <laughs> but they recommended it a few years ago on, on their tv talk podcast and uh, i managed to get around to it and um have thoroughly enjoyed it have you heard of this show at all it's, it's not, not one that really gets talked about no it's lot. not one i'd heard uh yeah it's canadian series it's been going for four seasons it's actually uh-huh. been renewed for a fifth as well so it's been around That's for been. quite a while uh yeah 2017 yeah. when it first launched so uh yeah no it's not one that i come across but um there's some of those canadian sitcoms can be quite good fun so mm. uh i i will might be and given it's only fairly short it might be a good one for me to kind of stick on when i'm eating maybe or 
you know Maybe. yeah yeah because it's yeah four seasons that i think 13 episodes for the three seasons and then the fourth season's got eight and the episodes are about like 23 minutes or so so it's very yeah. easily digestible as well so that's good and then the last thing i uh, got a new vr game the walking dead onslaught vr now i don't know if this is made from the same developer that did saints and sinners but it very much takes the same gameplay format with a few different bits and pieces here but almost you know the same exact controls pretty much the same shooting and that sort of thing this essentially takes that format and puts uh, four of the tv versions of the characters rick michonne daryl and carol probably the four most popular i think you could argue as well yeah. eugene is also in the game but you he's basically the van driver that, <laughs> that you use for when you do like scavenger missions and that sort of thing uh, you hear his voiceover quite a lot he still speaks in his like shakespearean weird sort of way the format of the game is a little bit strange essentially what it is you uh, walk around a limited part of alexandria you see michonne sort of got this clipboard where she's sorting out the planning carol is by a flower bed of course you shouldn't look at those flowers if she's next to them <laughs> yes. you'll understand that reference if you've seen the show daryl is injured with his leg right. so you're in that main part of alexandria you can walk around and you can well not really talk to the characters but they sometimes say things when you go past them or michonne gives you an update of like okay you can go and do this or that or whatever part of the start of the story is daryl injured his foot so you can't play as him you walk around in alexandria as rick in order for you to access the next story missions which tells more of this two-day story of how daryl got lost sort of um right. you have to do these scavenger missions and basically what you do you walk over to michonne you're playing as rick and then you select your loadout there is also a shooting gallery thing so you can practice different weapons and stuff you use the move controllers to control those you look at the map you set out where you want to go the difficulty level you make sure you've got the loadout that you want you know whatever weapons then the van opens up eugene speaks to you You go over to there and then this board thing comes up and it says rick michonne or carol at least at the moment you pick one of them all that basically does is give you a different voiced character basically right. and then you do that and it's sort of this like run and grab type of thing where you you spawn into a level there's a horde coming up behind you and it's got sort of this red barrier you can't actually fight the horde if you get lost in it your health starts slowly going down yeah. and what you have to basically do is run forward and i mean run forward because you will run out of time go through the different little buildings in this sort of corridor-esque layout grab whatever supplies you can get and based on what you grab in the level decides how many people join alexandria and these are all just red shirt like right. characters that then puts the survivor count up and you have to get a certain amount of survivors to join Alexandria in order to unlock the next story mission, which doesn't really make a lot of sense because I don't know why you'd need that in order for Daryl in order for <laughs> yeah. Daryl to tell you more of the story. Uh, the gameplay is still good; it's still pretty much the same as the Saints and Sinners game. Uh, it's a good game and all that, but it just doesn't really make a lot of sense that Daryl's sitting by this fire. He's waiting to tell you the next part of the story, but in order for him to do that, you have to recruit more people. That doesn't really quite make a whole lot of sense. Um, still a good game. Still looking forward to where they actually go with the story and everything and it's quite interesting to walk a little bit around alexandra and see the main characters because in the other game called saints and sinners you just walked around as a sort of no-named character and right. there was like no walking dead characters and stuff so uh it's still quite good it's just a bit weird how it's structured yeah so, um, it's, any bit I, I haven't no i've just uh pulled up the 
Steam page, and it's it's getting absolutely slated for uh, being overly repetitive. I think is the uh, the main criticisms of it. But it's by Servros, who were the people behind the Raw Data game, which was one of the big VR releases, oh, yeah. which I have yeah. actually played some of anyway. And they did a reasonable job of that. They've kind of done a few different VR games actually, but uh, Raw Data is probably the the biggest one out of the uh, list. They've yeah. done a Westworld game as well, apparently called Westworld Awakening. Um, yeah, oh. I don't know whether that's only a PC one though, because I'm just looking okay. through the Steam list. But um, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, it may be that it's available on console as well, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, it, apart from the weird structure, it's really good. I think eventually you do unlock like each character's signature weapon. Right. Um, so the only points in the game at the moment, at least, where you play as Daryl is when you start a conversation with him as Rick and then you go into like a flashback sequence and right. then you're playing as Daryl. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much that. But that's basically what I've been up to. How about uh, yourself? I've been playing mainly Planet Zoo up until a few weeks ago and uh, then Subnautica, which is a game which I absolutely adore. The follow-on game from the original Subnautica was called Subnautica Below Zero. And it's gone through some interesting changes, that game, because when they originally started developing Below Zero, it had a entirely different writer who was the same writer on the first game about midway through the development of the second game the writer decided that he wanted to move on to other things so he left and they brought somebody new in and when they brought this new person in it completely altered the story it's in early access it's not been released yet so it's been quite interesting watching the game develop through early access they're one of the best companies in terms of keeping the updates fairly regular keeping in contact with fans you can go and see things that they're fixing on a daily basis so when it came out that they were completely altering the story i mean there are elements from the original story that are still there but then they altered how it started they altered what happens with the main character so is this like a joss whedon takes over justice league situation not well mm, yes i suppose it could be although it's been (laughs) rather more successful than that Um, right right i really like what they've done with the the new story it actually feels a bit more like the original Subnautica game with how they've kind of tweaked it actually the basic setup if you don't know Subnautica at all it's a survival game it's an open world survival kind of crafting game. In this particular case, you are heading to a planet where your sister has disappeared. You are trying to find out what's happened to her. The planet, she was a scientist and she was investigating these alien monolith things that are on the planet. And at some point, she appears to have vanished. They're not. She's not entirely sure what happened. So she's going to try and kind of investigate that. As she's flying down to the planet a meteor storm hits blows up her ship and she ends up crashing down onto the planet and there is a sort of survival pod that you start off in and you have to go and get stuff from around uh, you know the floor of the ocean in the planet that you land in and uh, also there are more land areas in this game which they're very limited land areas in the first game there's more of more land in this so you pick up resources but like sort of rocks and plants and stuff and you can use a 
fabricator to turn those into things that you can use and you can end up building a sort of submarine type thing which is uh, the submarine in this game is is modular so you start off with the cab section it's called the sea truck and it is basically a cab with storage section that you can then build and then there's a, a fabricator section so you can have a fabricator that travels around with you and there's other bits like a, an aquarium section that you can add on that you can store food in so it's kind of this modular thing that you can build so that's quite an interesting setup they've got for that and uh, the story is just really great it's basically i'm trying not to give too much away you you discover this alien entity when you're down there and uh, you end up having this conversation with him and that sort of guides where you go for the rest of the story along with trying to find out exactly what happened to your sister the reason i went back into this is because they released an update called relics of the past which is as it's the latest update it is the most complete version of the game but by most complete i mean that they've now fully voiced everything they've done a bunch more graphics tweaks it's not like complete at this point but it is the most complete version of, of the game in early access as they've released so far and uh, it looks stunning it's really good fun to play through if you like these open world survival games below zero i mean the original subnautica was spectacular and uh, below zero i think is well well worth playing and very much up to the same level as the first game was i'm thoroughly enjoying that the only problem with playing games that are this complete in early access is when they release the final version you've kind of finished it already <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i think the original subnautica is out on console like um, yeah yeah i've seen it listed for like playstation 4 and that so i don't know about switch and xbox but playstation it is so yeah certainly worth going and picking up the original subnautica if you like those sort of big open world survival games it's one of the best there is the other big gaming news this week was the announcement of mass effect legacy edition which is the remastered version of the mass effect trilogy it includes all the original dlc plus all the promo weapons all the armors it's got updated graphics into ultra hd they've modernized the technical features whatever that means to uh, modernize the experience also in the press release they casually dropped out that they are developing another mass effect game which i mean there had been rumors about but they mm. actually confirmed it and uh, it's being developed by a veteran team of mass effect people as well so uh, not the people that did mass effect andromeda which is a much maligned game and i really liked mass effect andromeda i, I really enjoyed that game but uh, mm. apparently yeah. down Devend- i remember with i remember with me you and robert you really liked it i was kind of like okay this is pretty good and then robert didn't really like it too much but all three of us were on, on different sort of scales of it which was which was interesting mm. yeah this has been a long long time coming i mean this yeah. has been rumored for a long time uh, i remember i think it was two or three weeks ago on the gaming podcast that we do robert talked about there was like a listing for mass effect uh, remaster trilogy and all that sort of thing i think it was the next logical step for mass effect as well because i really doubted you were ever going to get an andromeda 2 based on yeah. how badly that game performed and you know I, I i've often said a lot of times remastering old games is a good way to sort of test the waters for is the old audience going to come back are we going to yeah. get new audience in and then based off of the success of a remaster like that you can then get a better gauge of where you can go in the in the future so uh, this this is a really good sort of step and a good decision from uh, ea for a change so <laughs> yeah it'll, it'll, it'll be good to see how this does i think this will do quite well and it will be oh, interesting yeah. to see what they do uh, with this next game yeah so. there's so much love for that original trilogy of games oh, yeah. and they were superb they were really really good i'm very interested to see 
how they've altered things like the loading screens and uh, you know because some of them had this kind of elevator loading things which were quite nice because mm. you had these little bits of conversation i wonder if they've enhanced more of that or whether they you know how they've altered some of that stuff because they very much improved over each game as well in terms of the control system and i mm-hmm. wonder whether that's going to be standardized across everything so they've not really released details of exactly how they've changed the way things work so i'm sort of interested to see what they do with it and uh, how drastically they've actually altered some of those features but mm-hmm. um yeah it's, it's certainly something i mean it's one of the few games that i will sit and play through again when the remaster comes out because yeah, um, i yeah. still remember the originals but i love those games so much and uh, mm-hmm. i definitely something i will go back to yeah good for nostalgia and good to get new people in as well that mm. didn't play the uh, originals for whatever particular reason well so. i mean they've not really been i mean they've been available on pc obviously but um certainly they're not available some of the original mass effect games on some of the newer consoles or you know certainly they would they may not have worked on things like playstation 5 they did also say they will be compatible with the playstation 5 and xbox whatever it is series x series x gets very confused with the xbox stuff at this point uh so um, there is too many different versions yes i wonder what they're going to do with the first game particularly because the first game is almost like a different beast yeah um where i remember trying to play the first game and uh story was was fine and and all that but the gameplay it was pretty much nearly unplayable it was just very 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 clunky but i imagine you know that's what a remaster is supposed to be for anyway to improve all that yeah yeah so i'm i'm quite interested to see if it standardizes everything i'm assuming they will and what they actually settle on going from game to game because they are releasing it as mass effect legendary edition so they are releasing it sort of almost as one thing so it will be odd to have the game mechanics switch drastically from one game to the next um Mm -hmm. so but we'll see like i say they've not said exactly what they've done in terms of the technical features they've just called them technical features so we'll see but uh, certainly i'm very very much looking forward to that i think that's brilliant other than that no new real new tv shows for me uh still carrying on with the mandalorian which i'm enjoying um that that's being solid every week and uh fantastic yeah Yeah. just just fantastic every week and um star trek discovery as well which i'm also really enjoying at the moment yeah i'm enjoying both them quite a lot so i do have the discovering star trek podcast and that nice to have some decent good sci-fi back on it all seems to cover at once because as i say we've got the expanse <laughs> coming next month yeah because we're going to have probably expanse mandalorian and uh, star trek all on at once yeah so which is great i'm i'm so up for that yeah it's, uh, yeah. it's just a shame they're kind of all at the same time mandalorian and star trek on the same day so <laughs> yeah certainly for us anyway um mm-hmm. good tv at the moment definitely worth watching that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. We start off the TV and film news with Renewal's cancellations and pickups. Uh, One big cancellation this week, which was Castle Rock, the Stephen King anthology type thingy that uh, Hulu were making. They've 
cancelled that after two seasons. He had on Stars Play UK over here. I haven't actually watched any of this. I'm not a huge horror person. I don't know whether you actually got round to it. I don't know whether you've got access I to watched, Stars Play. I watched about the first episode and a half, and I just couldn't really get into it. Now, I know mm. that the second season is different, so obviously if I want to sort of continue it but get a different story, I can just jump to season two because it's an anthology thing. But um, that's very small portion of the show that I watched just didn't really quite grab mm. me particularly. I wasn't really surprised this got cancelled. I don't really see that many people talking about it necessarily. It's good in a way that it was, you know, an anthology because even though now that it's been cancelled, you can still go and watch two different um, sort of stories and that. Yeah. So at some point I'll maybe have a look at season two and everything. I think season two is a bit more sort of slasher related just right. based off the, the poster and that, but um, not too bad at the end of the day, I suppose. It's a shame and I imagine it was fairly expensive to produce and you'd expect a much bigger audience for it maybe than what they got given that it's Stephen King. Yeah, so, yeah. unfortunate, but that's the way it is. But at least you've got two seasons of it out there. In terms of renewals, Netflix have renewed the Young Wallander series for a second season. I got about halfway through the first season of this and then sort of forgot about it and haven't been <laughs> back. Um, it wasn't bad at all. It's just, it's not totally my sort of thing. I enjoyed it enough, but then there was a there's a lot of other things to watch as well and it wasn't Definitely. something that kind of completely gripped me it has a feel of that sort of ITV crime drama about it okay. which is not necessarily a bad thing at all you know I mean they're hugely popular a lot of those things but it, it feels very much in that sort of mould and they're not really things that I watch that much I don't do you know the only procedurals I do tend to be very few and they tend to be the larger American ones like 911 or The Good Doctor or you know right. The ABC sort of stuff. Yeah. The ABC stuff. But it's fine. And I'm glad it's it's coming back. You know, it's an interesting idea sort of taking this older character as a younger one. There is the issue with the accents in that it's all set in Sweden and you've got a lead actor who is Swedish and speaks with a Swedish accent, but literally everybody else in the show speaks with an English accent, which is a mm. little weird because it's all set in Sweden and he's supposed to be the Swedish police force. So that seems a little bit odd, but you kind of just got to get over that and just kind of carry on with it it's certainly it's enjoyable if you like those sort of British type crime dramas even though technically this isn't a British crime drama but if you like those sort of crime dramas certainly one that's worth watching I think in terms of pickups and advanced air dates and we also have some coronavirus updates as well uh, it was announced this week that the Witcher has shut down filming for a second time they were filming out in Yorkshire until lockdown 2 happened they were then moving the filming to a studio in London to do some of the studio stuff. They've unfortunately had another COVID outbreak. This is the second time they've had to shut down because of the COVID outbreak could, uh, uh, I'm never going to pronounce this name, but it's Christoph Hjv, <laughs> the, the guy from Game of Thrones, big guy with the ginger beard who's joined The Witcher season oh, right. two. Yeah. Him. Yeah. He got COVID and they had to shut everything down. That was sort of back in April, I think it was. They shut everything down last time because of that. Uh, they've now had to shut down again because they've had another COVID outbreak on set none of the main cast are affected this time around it's uh, some of the production people apparently that have caught COVID so they've had to shut down they will get back up and running again this is sort of par for the course when it comes to the producing shows at the moment somebody gets infected they have to shut everything down to make sure that everybody's okay even if it's only for a couple of weeks while people isolate and then they come back again just the nature of what it is at the moment but uh, they are still moving forward as I say they didn't let the lockdown stop them they moved from Yorkshire where they were were filming and just went to the studio and were filming stuff there instead. 
it'll get back on track. It's just, you know, taking a little bit longer than maybe it would normally. In terms of other show shooting in the UK, uh, Strictly Come Dancing, Graham Norton, how I got your news for you. All those big live audience shows are going to be continuing filming. I mean, if you've been watching Graham Norton this week, they continued filming. They've got no studio audience in the studio, but they have got a live virtual audience that are doing it watching via Zoom. And uh, that seemed to work perfectly well, actually. You got the laughing and stuff. You got people reacting to jokes. And obviously they've got crew in the studio that are laughing along with things as well. It seems to be working okay. But yeah, have I got news for you? Strictly Graham Norton, uh, Last Leg, which is back. It's been filming without studio audience. So now we're back in lockdown. Those shows are still continuing, but just won't have live audiences. But they are finding it, you know, virtual audience waves around it as well, which is good. And the other bit of news was that Gentleman Jack, the uh, hugely popular drama, is back for a second season. That first season went out in May 2019. They've just started filming the second season of that. So uh, that will be out in 2021. It was supposed to film earlier in the year, but obviously with everything that happened, they had to delay it. So that is now back to filming. It will be coming out in 2021. So it has been a little bit delayed, but that is returning. And uh, I know that was hugely popular. Over on the US TV, they've been a few announcements of what you're likely to see when the shows come back. And uh, I thought it might be interesting just to look at where shows are sitting dealing with the pandemic. So for example, NCIS New Orleans is apparently dealing directly with the pandemic. NCIS LA, which just returned last night in the US, that is apparently set in a post-COVID world. So Mm, they make... Yeah, (laughs) <laughs> they make, well, they, they are talking about a vaccine today. So, uh, you know, that's good news. But uh, they are setting it in a world that sort of got past the pandemic. The pandemic does exist in that world, but and there are references to it, but they are in a world that has sort of got over it. So um, that's how they're playing it. NCIS, the main show, uh, season 18, apparently is set in sort of a pre-COVID world because they're starting that off with a backwards in time jump that sets the first few episodes during a gap in time from the middle of the last season for whatever reason that is I'm sure there's some reason for that that an Mm -hmm. NCIS fan will know I don't because I don't watch the show but that's how the NCIS people are handling it The Good Doctor is starting off with the pandemic for the first couple of episodes but then will move past it for the rest of the season so uh, they're sort of a mixture of of the the two options, they're starting off addressing it head on but then presumably there will be a cure that happens and then they'll jump forward a few months. Connors and Superstore, those are both dealing head on with the pandemic. So people in masks and that sort of stuff on the show. This is us also dealing, if you've seen the new season, which is currently airing on Amazon in the UK, that is dealing directly with the pandemic in the new season. It also deals with Black Lives Matter as well. So they're very staying very much topical as well. Um, So uh, yeah, interesting to see. I know you're a fan of Superstore. I know that's not been announced back here yet, but it is airing in the US. They've just had an American yeah, Ferrari we'll like middle of next year or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because they, they just finished basically dumping out the episodes pretty much daily for the previous season. Yeah, I've seen some um, like pro because I follow the show on Facebook and I think I follow it on Twitter as well. They've basically showed some of the characters have got masks on and stuff, and they've just had um, Amy's exit episode as well. Yes. So we'll see when uh, ITV brings that back and uh, what that's going to be like. I wonder how that's going to affect the main character or arguably the main character Jonah who's you know I think married to her and Mm. um, what they do with that as well 
So I don't know. We'll have to, have to see what happens when it comes back. Yeah. When ITV wants to wants to do that. Yes. So. Eventually wants to air that. Um, yeah. One of the other things, of course, to do with the pandemic, that they were talking, it was one of the websites talking to uh, the showrunner of SEAL Team, who is a man named Spencer Hudnut, which is a great last name. Uh, <laughs> we've mentioned this a little bit before, but uh, that actually shoots in Los Angeles. I mean, it shoots around the world, but obviously they're doing a lot less of that right now. But uh, its main sort of base is Los Angeles. He did make the comment that you can't just have people jump on a plane from New York on a Tuesday and show up on set in Los Angeles on a Wednesday anymore. So the lack of guest stars, certainly out-of-state guest stars, he says, has impacted bits of the story they're telling and how they go about telling them as well. So um, it has had some effect on what they're doing with the stories. Because in some cases, if you need a guest star, like if you're shooting in Vancouver, if you're a Vancouver actor, you've got a far better chance and you know you're already there you've got a far better chance of getting a guest spot on a tv show that's shooting in vancouver and it's the same in la if you're in la you have a better chance of getting a guest spot the only problem is if it's a character that had previously appeared as a guest role and they wanted to bring them back for something but you're shooting in la and they're based in new york usually it's very difficult for that person just to fly in for a couple of days shooting and then fly out again there, mm. there are going to be changes in that how they handle that i guess moving forward so you know it is having an effect on some of the storylines which is entirely understandable in terms of shows that have been picked up we have a few new air dates as well uh, birds of a feather the classic sitcom is uh, coming back for a christmas special this year minus pauline quirk who um, apparently stepped back from her acting she has over 200 nationwide performing arts academies she actually runs a whole load of these performing arts schools and uh, she apparently has decided that she's stepping back from acting and he's going to focus on running those. So she's not coming back, um, which is one of the sort of main three characters out of that show. But they are still bringing it back for a Christmas special, but she won't be in it. So uh, if you're a fan of that sitcom, that is returning. Outmatched, which is the Jason Biggs and Maggie Lawson sitcom, which was cancelled after one season, is going to be airing on Fox UK. I think it was an ABC show in the US. It is a Disney-owned series. It's basically... Fox UK basically have a big box of cancelled TV shows from, from Disney, um, which is why you've been seeing things like uh, Unmatched coming up and uh, Minority Report and um, Perfect Harmony. All of these are things that they had some access to in because they were made by Disney or ABC. They're just running them out to fill up scheduling space, which is fine as long as you know going into it that they're one season things. And in this particular case, it's a sitcom. So it's unlikely it's going to end on some huge cliffhanger so i think it's fine when you're doing it with this it's a little trickier when you're doing it something like minority port which is a drama mm. but you know with this i think that's okay alibi have also picked up a one season show called briar patch which i have seen a few episodes of because i caught a few episodes when i was in america last february i really enjoyed this it's it stars rosario dawson it's uh samish male the ep from mr robot is involved and andy greenwald who was one of the writers on legion so that gives you an idea of just how strange this possibly is yeah that's quite a combination yeah, yeah. it's a stylish crime drama that updates the pulp fiction genre for a new era and follows the determined and no nonsense detective allegra dill who returns to her quirky hometown after her sister is murdered however there is more than just a murder to deal with in this texas border town of san bonifacto as a search for a killer soon turns into an all-consuming fight to bring her corrupt hometown to its knees 
As I just mentioned with cancelled drama, it's sometimes a problem if, you know, they pick up and run one season of a show. In this particular case, it's quite a good one to pick up because it was going to be an anthology series. They actually cancelled it after one season, but that one season is a, is a self-contained story. So essentially it's a limited series. So it is one yeah, self-contained yeah. story. I really enjoyed the first couple of episodes of it. It's weird and off the wall. It's got some wonderfully quirky bits in it. Uh, Rosaria Dawson's great. And uh, I, yeah, I would definitely urge you to go and watch this. Uh, it's called Briar Patch. Don't know exactly when that's going to air. They've said it'll air in 2021, but it is certainly one that I would look at because uh, though it is a cancelled one season show, it's essentially a limited series because it was picked up as an anthology. So other shows that we've got advanced air dates for, For Life, which is the Nicholas Pinnock drama, which sees him, he's a prisoner who becomes a lawyer litigating cases for other inmates while fighting to overturn his own life sentence for a crime he didn't commit. For Life arriving on the 20th of November at 9pm on Sky Witness. I'm very much looking forward to that. I really like Nicholas Pinnock. He was in uh, Counterpart and Marcella. Uh, definitely worth watching, I think, that one. Charmed finally has mm. a premiere date on E4. The Drunken Darts game <laughs> did actually land the darts on E4 this time rather than randomly for music. Unfortunately, it landed the time at 5pm. Bear in mind the season one DVD when that was released was a 15. So it's going to be cut to ribbons airing at 5pm. There's no other way that they can do it unless CW for yeah. some reason put less over PG rated stuff in the second season by very much that, that I rather suspect they're going to be cutting large chunks out of it, which is really unfortunate. Why? Mm, yeah. Why they decided to air this at 5pm, I have no idea, other than, you know, drunk scheduling, as we usually suspect. But uh, yeah. Mm. Why would you air that? Because I know that they E4's got like their comedy afternoons and that, when they've got all their American yeah. sitcoms that they import, like Big Bang and Brooklyn Nine-Nine and all those. So yeah, you're kind of putting that at the bookend of those, which is strange. I don't know. It's it's, it's very weird. It, yeah, so. it's, it's more weird scheduling for me for. But yeah, 5 p.m. It's actually airing daily from the 23rd of November. So uh, they're going to burn mm. through it fairly quickly. It, is, it's an odd one. Is that so that they can maybe get the third season uh, well, a bit quicker? I don't know. No, I well or, maybe, but I very much doubt it. Or you just know, sort of dumping it out. Kind I, of I think they're probably just dumping it out. It's an odd time to do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of those cases that they put the unedited versions up on all four, possibly, but I honestly don't know. I couldn't tell you that for sure. It might be worth checking the on-demand stuff to see whether there is a difference between the one that goes out live and the one that goes out on-demand, because sometimes they've done that in the past. It's got a date nonetheless. So, so it's got a date. Uh, you'll be able to see it even if it is in a butchered format. And the uh, other thing that announced this week, which which looked gloriously wonderful and very, very silly. Lego Star Wars Holiday Special is launching on the 17th of November on Disney+. Plus. This involves some sort of convoluted story of Rey getting sent back in time and going to pivotal moments of the rest of the Star Wars franchise. So it's got Lego versions of all the different characters from sort of Luke and Han Solo and uh, all those in their sort of original trilogy versions. Right. 
shooting yeah. Ray, along with the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda and a whole bunch of other things. It looked very, very funny. I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, I forgot to actually watch the trailer for this, but uh, I'm looking forward to when that comes out. Just from the from the screenshots and stuff that I saw, it looks like good fun. And uh, it'll be cool to see Baby Yoda in uh, Lego form. Yes, so, yes. I am looking yeah. forward to that. A uh, little bit of casting news as well that dropped out. Um, William Jackson Harper, who played Chidi in The Good Place, is going to be the new lead of season two of Love Life. Love Life is the show that's running on each BBC Three, isn't it, that they're yeah. running at the moment. That's running over here, which stars Anna Kendrick. It always was going to be an anthology series, so it's going to have a different lead. So William Jackson Harper from uh, The Good Place is going to be the lead for the second season. Interestingly, although it's an anthology series, Anna Kendrick is actually staying on as EP and her character will pop up in the second season as well. She just won't be the lead, which is an interesting way of doing it, I hmm. thought. Yeah, I haven't managed to go and watch this, actually, because, you know, there's thousands of TV shows. Yes. Um, and that's, al- that's almost not an exaggeration. But um, I need to go and actually watch that. I do like Anna Kendrick, like I said before. Um, William Jackson Harper, very, very good choice for a sort of replacement. Great in The Good Place. He was, even though I didn't like that film called Midsummer, he was very good in that as well. And he's been in some other stuff that's been uh, quite good as well. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what he brings to the table. He would make quite a good romantic lead I think in yeah, yeah which is he what that's he's very that much on, on the good place so. yeah so I, I think he's a really interesting choice for that and uh, I haven't been and watched it either yet uh, it is one that I do want to go and watch I know Grey watched it and really enjoyed it so um, it is one that I'm going to be going to watch cool. um, that is one to look out for though I'm going to go and uh, watch the first season of that on to other news stories Sky have announced an animated film adaptation of Terry Pratchett's The Amazing Maurice coming in 2022 which seems like a just mm. way way off although it's not actually as far as off as you think these days <laughs> the amazing maurice follows maurice a streetwise ginger cat who has the perfect money-making scam he finds a kid who plays a pipe and he also befriends his very unhorned of strangely educated talking rats so maurice can no longer think of them as lunch when maurice and his rodents reach the stricken town of bad blitz they meet a bookworm a militia their little con soon goes down the drain when something very bad is waiting for them in the cellars so uh, they don't give a huge amount away of the story there but uh, it's an animated thing uh, it's talking cat and he's sort of army of rats Hugh Laurie is providing the voice of Maurice uh, Amelia Clark is providing the voice of, voice of Melicia the other cast is uh, David Thulis Himesh Patel who was in that movie yesterday Gemma Arterton is in it Hugh Bonneville as well and then there's more cast to follow so uh, yeah I mean Sky have done a reasonable job with Terry Pratchett stuff before. I think this is the first time they've done an animated thing. They've done a couple of live action things. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that some more of this Terry Pratchett stuff is getting made. That's a great cast as well, I think. It is. Yeah, you've got some Game of Thrones people in there. Hugh Laurie, who's who's great. Some people from Wonder Woman and that, and uh, some other people that I recognise as well. Yeah, the animated path for this could be kind of interesting. Like you said, they don't give too much away about the story there, but it sounds fairly interesting. It might be some good fun so we'll see that in in a couple of years time yeah yeah so. and uh, it will be coming to sky cinema they've said in 2022 that animated cool. movie and they, you know it's a good family 
thing, I think. One that I think might be more up your street. Amazon have ordered a supernatural thriller series called The Rig for Prime Video. The Rig follows the crew of a oil rig stationed off the Scottish coast in the dangerous waters of the North Sea. When the crew are due to return to the mainland, a mysterious and all-enveloping fog rolls through and they find themselves cut off from all communication with the shore and the outside world. As they endeavour to discover what's driving this force, bonds are broken, allegiances are formed and generational fault lines exposed the crew of the oil rig will be driven to the limits of both their loyalties and endurance in a confrontation with forces beyond their imagination that's the setup for it i mean i don't massively do horror but uh, this is more your ballpark what do you think part of this sounds like part of a uh, man of maiden i'm not sure if you played that game from last year part of the uh, dark anthologies no. uh, game series they, they just had the second one come out actually called um i think it's called little hope or new hope or something i don't mind supernatural horror storytelling sometimes there's a fine line between i I don't know it's good to sort of have those elements in there but sometimes when you're blurring the lines a bit between like what's real and what's not and sort of messing about with the story that sometimes when things can not sort of work particularly well but uh, sometimes it works really well like if you're confusing a character by having something supernatural or weird on the screen that can be quite good so there's instances where it can work pretty well it just depends what they decide to do here but um, it, it sounds pretty interesting found intriguing bunch of people behind it uh, the director mm. is John Strickland who worked on things like Line of Duty and Bodyguard the writers are relative newcomers uh, David McPherson who this is actually his first scripted commission he has written a novel called Here Be Dragons also writing an episode is Med Salter who is probably best known as part of the comedy trio Muriel Comedy and Matthew Jacob Morgan who is an actor and writer he actually wrote an episode of Hollyoaks I noticed on his uh, IMDB page he's uh, and he's done a few other little independent things as well so you know they are people that have some experience with uh, writing scripts and stuff it's interesting though because David McPherson's novel Here Be Dragons seems like a sort of comedy fantasy thing and uh, you know Meg Salter is mainly known for writing comedy stuff sort of interesting that they've gone for this big kind of horror thing but uh, Mm. you know just because they're they're relatively new writers doesn't mean that they're not capable of doing this thing so uh, yeah. yeah I mean and it's a great director as well so mm. well, one big kind of worry when you go to supernatural storytelling is fair enough if you want some mystery in there but at certain points in your story you do have to sort of cleanly explain kind of what? what's going yeah. on a, a, a good example is I remember the, the previous season of American Horror Story had a bit of mystery as to what was going on for a few episodes and then they slowly sort of explained things and it didn't sort of muddy the waters of what was going on it was a bit weird it was a bit mysterious and then they slowly explain what's going on and sort of explain the rules. That's that's quite a good a good example yeah. of both of slasher storytelling and of supernatural storytelling as well because it sort of molded those two things together and uh, told the story quite well. An oil rig is an interesting place to set this sort of thing as well because yeah. it's yeah. it's nicely kind of claustrophobic and it is somewhere where Tense. there is literally yeah. no way of getting off. Um, <laughs> so you know, I th- I kind of intrigued by that. I think it could be quite interesting, but uh, don't know when that is going to land uh, presumably they're aiming for either next year or the year after but uh, that's it's going to be filmed in Scotland either I think some of it they are actually filming on a rig and some of it is filmed in uh, studios in Scotland it's done in conjunction mm. with Screen Scotland so um, yeah it's uh, they're making the case for Scotland to be the home for this production which I, I think definitely should be so that's called The Rig coming to Amazon Video 
And lastly, Hilary Burton is cast as Lucille on The Walking Dead. So uh, we knew that we were getting these six extra episodes of season 10, which we think are probably going to be February-ish, possibly, if they manage to get them filmed all in time. Uh, yeah. We reckon they're going to be kind of early-ish. And uh, one of those episodes is looks like it's going to be exploring some of Negan's backstory as they cast Hilary Burton, who uh, is actually Hilary Burton Morgan. She is real-life wife of Jeffrey Dean Morgan and has landed the guest-starring role as Lucille in the uh, series. Uh, if if you are thinking, wait, she doesn't look much like a baseball bat, the, <laughs> uh, the Lucille baseball bat was named after Negan's real-life wife who died from pancreatic cancer. It's obviously going to be some form of flashback. Sure. This, we don't know an awful lot about that character particularly. It has been covered a little bit more in the comic books. Here's Negan, which was a comic book run which they did which sort of did a bit more of how Negan became well Negan um, mm-hmm. and sort of because he was a gym teacher wasn't he or something I think originally and um, I think so something like yeah. that and sort of how he went from being that and the start of the pandemic and, and Lucille dying and how he ended up going to be the guy he was we do know from the CV show because of what Negan said that she did die of pancreatic cancer somewhere at the beginning of the outbreak and Negan didn't actually put her down he couldn't bring himself to do it because obviously she died the outbreak had happened and she turned so um Mm -hmm. we don't know much more about the character other than that in terms of the tv universe if you're wondering about hillary burton herself she's probably best known for playing a character called peyton sawyer on one tree hill which uh it's currently up on awful actually they've added all the seasons of that up on awful she also played sarah ellis in the tv show white collar as well she and she's popped up in things like Grey's anatomy lethal weapon counselor dads she's uh recently been co-hosting friday night with the morgans on amc with jeffrey dean morgan so uh, they've had this like lockdown show that mm-hmm. the pair of them were doing together which uh fortunately never aired over here which was a great show because i would have really enjoyed watching that yeah the here's negan book is one that i haven't read i still haven't read the ending of the the main book series <laughs> but i i will try to do that at some point soon i don't think you could have a better casting choice because yeah. both on and off screen their husband and wife so it's the perfect mix of chemistry there i mean what better partner to have on screen than your actual real life one. Um, Looking forward to seeing what they do with this. I remember it's either come up in feedback or we've discussed it in the past on the Walking Dead podcast about what we want to see in the future. And I've I've often and you've often said about this. He's here's a Negan backstory sort of thing. Fits perfectly well as well with these like six bonus episodes that they're going to do with certain different stories. I think it's you know ripe for uh, being told in that sort of story. This is a perfect fit all around. Of course, Jeffrey is going to be Negan again, but in a in a flashback sort of sense and uh, we'll finally get to see what happened with that as well mm. so I don't know how closely it will follow the book like I said I haven't read that particular version of the story or that particular part of the story but um, yeah seems like a perfect fit all around and uh, a good choice for one of the six episodes it's interesting that they've gone to use it in one of these six episodes as opposed mm. to saving it for the Tales of the Walking Dead series which is yeah. this uh, episodic anthology which is going to be following individual episodes or arcs of episodes which focus on either new or existing characters and little stories within the Walking Dead universe, which is one of the other shows which is in development right now. It's interesting that they've decided to use it as part of the main show rather than saving yeah. it for that. Do you think they did that because he's on the main show? And they wanted I, to sort of... Yeah, I, I suspect it's one of those things that they're probably just looking to fill out those episodes and 
he's already under contract for it and it yeah. would probably cost them more to get him back to come to do an episode of Tales of the Walking Dead so um, it sort of makes sense that maybe you should do a bit of backstory it's not like they haven't done backstory for the for characters before on this show either you know yeah, so they've done whole episodes of them exactly so <laughs> which heavily criticised on some cases but in this particular case I think it, it sort of makes sense because these were additional episodes for those of you wondering about the episode count of Walking Dead there's six additional episodes going on to season 10 which uh, are planned to air in early 2021 we assuming they can get it produced it's basically they, the plan is to try and drop them into the slot where the second half of the next season will normally have landed which is around February if they can get them all produced by then they announced last month that the 11th season will be the final season of the main show however the final season is 24 episodes spanning two years so the last episodes will be airing late 2022 so we're getting episodes in early 2021 which will be the, the six episodes of season 10 then towards the end of 2021 in the usual start date for the new season you'll have the start of season 11 then they will have february 2022 you'll have more episodes and then you will have the final set of episodes at the end of 2022 and then that's going to be followed by this uh, we talked about before this daryl and carol spin-off which will be a new spin-off series which will start in 2023 so mm. uh, lots and lots of walking dead there's basically there's 30 episodes of the main show so yeah. um there's still lots and lots of walking dead and as we said there is this tales of the walking dead spin-off series that they're also doing as well and fear is still running so there's walking dead all over the place we're not losing it anytime soon <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that's all the news we've got for this week now we move on to highlights for next week on tv <laughs> So highlights for next week, we have Duncanville season one, part two, which is back on channel four on the 13th of November at 11.05. This is an animated comedy from Simpsons writer Mike and Julie Scully with Amy Poehler about a spectacularly average 15 year old boy along with his friends and family. They aired the first half of this and then when the pandemic hit, like most of their programming, they basically dropped it and just stuck repeats on instead. So they're now bringing it back for the second half of that. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season seven the final season of that finally lands it's coming to Disney Plus on the 13th of November it's airing weekly for bizarre reasons I think to stop people just buying it for a month and binging their way through the entire thing and turning it off (laughs) again Uh, so they are wearing it out weekly which I do kind of understand because you know Disney's wants to make money but uh, yeah so season 7 of the final season of Agent Shield landing on Disney Plus on the 13th of November I'm a celebrity get me out of here returns for its 20th season on the 15th of November at uh, 9pm so you're back watching that they've announced some of the people going into the well I was going to say going into the jungle but it isn't it's a dank castle in Wales because of the coronavirus this year so uh, there's people like uh, Vernon Kay I think he's going in I noticed with one of the people Shane Ritchie I think is going in this year I think there are a number of people going in this year just so they get out of the house for a few weeks <laughs> you know which I kind of get so, yeah. uh, so yes so I mean it It'll be a little different this year, but if you're a fan of I'm a Celebrity, I'm sure that'll be an entertaining one to watch. The Crown Season 4, that airs on the 15th of November as well, takes you from 1979 to 1990. They had a couple of the cast members on Graham Norton this week, and they did confirm that it would end in 1990. So that's basically the premiership of Margaret Thatcher, who is played by Gillian Anderson. They're definitely pushing this, uh, if you've seen the trailer, they're pushing the relationship between Thatcher and the Queen, which, I mean, is obviously what the show 
has always been about this relationship between those two houses, but there is it, it's quite a monumental thing that this time around by the looks of things. So I'm very much looking forward to that because Gillian Anderson is great and it's really interesting to see her in that role. And The Outpost returns for its third season. That's on Sci-Fi UK. That's on the 17th of November at 9pm. Is that that CW show? Yes, it's a CW show. Okay, was... yeah, I thought it rang a bell. So uh, that's airing on Sci-Fi UK, 17th of November at 9pm, and that's back for its third season. And that's everything we have for this week. Matt, where can they find you if they want more of your stuff? If you want my opinions on TV, video games, films, and the weird world at the moment of uh, sports and Manchester United. Uh, you can follow all of that stuff on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, there is a um, club football break at the moment. There's internationals, which I don't particularly care about. Um, but uh, that's happening for the next couple of weeks uh, or for the next week or so. So you can find all that stuff over there. I am Twitch streaming as well at the moment. If you want to see how I would do with a Manchester United team uh, through the Pro Evolution Soccer Master League, um, I'm also streaming the uh, Walking Dead VR game, which unfortunately I can't use a camera for. Uh, yeah. the, the PS camera for because it needs it for the VR thing although I thought I could use it anyway but apparently I can't but uh, that and some other games Crash 4 and there's there's a lot of games coming out in the next couple of weeks actually because of all the next gen stuff as well the Twitch channel is uh, imatty94 I might change that at some point it would make sense to change that to the eTalk thing yes it but, would uh, at, yeah. but yeah at the moment you can uh, go and follow it on there if you want that uh, but all the podcasts on entertainmenttalk.org go and find Matt over there uh, Bex of course you can find over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes that's B-Y-T-E-S and uh, she's streaming daily and uh, also on various evening streams you can go and check out her scream streams as well which you want to see here get terrified by things like alien isolation and dead space and various <laughs> other stuff as well which is usually highly entertaining for us of course you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on Twitter on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on Instagram at geektown UK that is everything we will see you next week bye 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 Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.